You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. And welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Two Smart Assets Podcast. Your host, Danny, uh, accompanied by my fantastic co-host, Chris Thompson. Chris, what's going on? What's going on, D, man? How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, just another day. Um, just trying to get as much done as possible, you know, focus on the good stuff, the, the main stuff. And um, I think uh, uh, it's been a good day so far. So knocking stuff out and uh, just hoping to progress throughout the day and be as efficient as possible. What's up okay. with you? Nothing. Same old, just uh, pushing it forward, trying to, like you said, try and do a little bit today that's going to help me out uh, tomorrow. Always trying to grow, always trying to be better. Uh, you know, that's kind of one of our key Tomato. things, you know, and, you know, educate, educate yourself, invest in yourself so you can invest in smart uh, uh, assets, you know, kind of moving forward that way. So uh, today, you know, we're going to talk about passive investing uh, in order to achieve uh, financial freedom. You know, financial freedom is a big topic. There's a lot of people uh, talking about it. It's, uh, it's nothing really new. Um, but it's, it's a good thing to try to achieve. It's a nice little benchmark. So, you know, there are a number of reasons people get into investing in general, you know, whether it's stocks or real estate or bonds, there's always a reason people are getting into um, investing or building a business, you know, whether it's something they're saving up for something they want or they just want to increase their net worth or, you know, maybe their goal is to become a millionaire. But uh, we see a lot of people, their benchmark is to become financially free. Mm -hmm. and you know, more and more you hear a lot of podcasts or you read a lot of articles, you know, financial freedom is the fire movement. Um, it's pretty big. Um, a lot of people are, you know, focusing on becoming financially free. So, uh, Chris, uh, tell us what, it, what does that even mean? What is financial freedom? What does that even, what does Man, that really mean? Financial freedom is, uh, essentially, you know, um, living off of your investment cash flow. Uh, it's, you know, where your cash flow, your monthly cash flow is covering your day-to-day uh, -day needs and to where you functionally, you know, become retired. Um, you know, you don't, you're not relying on uh, your W2 job anymore. You got, you got that, uh, that steady, constant cash flow, whether it's a daily, weekly, or monthly, or yearly, that's coming in, that's covering all your, it's covering everything you need uh, to live. So in a way, you know, you just free up your time and the world, uh, anywhere in the world could, could essentially be your office. That, that's what financial freedom is for me anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is about financial freedom is you don't necessarily, it's, it, it's really just a number, right? So you get that number where you can, where you can cover all of your living expenses and live comfortably based off this mailbox money, right? The mm -hmm. idea of, you know, you have this money coming to you. Um, and whether, whether your goal is to quit your job or so you can, you know, do uh, real estate investing full-time or, or really it's just a benchmark, just hit that number. So, you know, you can still continue to work your full-time job if that's yeah. what you want to do. Uh, cause you, you quitting, you know, quitting your job is not for everybody. Some people like their job and they want to continue to do that. So, um, yeah, so we talk about more, we're talking about, um, financial freedom, um, and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll get a little bit about how basically I heard about financial freedom um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory on that. Um, so right out of college, start working full time, you know, uh, a few of us, yourself included, a few, uh, you know, we started working the same industry and making a little bit of money and had a little bit, uh, to dispose of basically. And, uh, 
So we're like, what are we going to invest in? Let's invest in something. You know, it's a great idea. We're fresh to the scene. We've never done anything before like this or any sort of investing really. So what do we jump into first? The stock market, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of, kind of what that's it where is. Everybody puts their money. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we jumped in the, jumped in the stock market, uh, made a few moves there, um, buying some stocks, you know, we kind of collaborated and, um, <clears throat> it seemed to work out well, uh, team wise in that sense. But, uh, so that's kind of what we did. We started, started out in the stock market. Um, to back up a little bit though, when I was younger, when I was a child, I was raised basically in a family where real estate was, was a thing. My father was a, as an agent, full-time agent and also a property manager. So I knew about real estate, but I didn't really know anything about investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. I always just thought of it, saw it growing up as a job. You know, this is a job my dad has. So, um, that's, that's kind of what I correlated it with. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, after investing in, in the stock market and doing some other things, getting some other uh, knowledge about it that I even considered investing in real estate because it really wasn't top of mind for me. Um, and I didn't really know how to do it, right? And, but the, the key thing was, is we were investing in the stock market because we wanted to make money. I mean, that's simply put our money to work, right? And we wanted that mailbox money. And um, we found we weren't quite getting exactly what we were looking for. Uh, but the real shift came for me when when it comes for when it comes to investing and investing for you know potentially being financially free if that's what you're going for. But the real shift came for me, and I think for like most people, was when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Sure. I mean, we've all read that book. It's a fantastic book, obviously. But uh, that was really the turning point for me, and you know, just the idea of you know putting your money to work for you uh, instead of just working to earn a wage. And the difference in the two and, and the compound effect of being able to have that passive income and, you know, building a business and you know, reaping the rewards of investing in passive income and also the emphasis of investing in, in real estate and how powerful it can be. So as soon as I read this book, man, it just clicked, right? Like I should be, why am I not focusing more on this? It's a, uh, it's something we should really, really, really consider quite a bit more. And I was excited. I, I mean, that's just how I was. I was very excited after reading that book. It was one of those things you set it down, like an epiphany, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. wow, where have I been? What have I doing this whole time? But um, so anyways, so fast forward a little bit. A uh, couple of us decided to go in on a few single family homes. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out to be great. And what I found really was is the real estate, the type of real estate we were doing, you know, the single family rentals, uh, it wasn't quite passive, you know, I mean, we were pretty active self-managing that stuff. And yeah. um, it was, it wasn't passive, but however, we were getting the type of returns we wanted and we we're having, to be honest, we were having a lot of fun doing it. I mean, it was just, it's good it was fun, right? It was fun. So, uh, you know, we enjoyed that uh, and we enjoyed the cash flow. and, you know, I don't know if it was, maybe we just got lucky with these properties or, we were just really bad stock pickers. I'm not sure. Right. I mean, there's, <laughs> there could, it could be both, uh, who knows, right. Either way. But, um, we knew at that point that investor, or at least I knew, and I think he's like yourself, uh, investing in real estate was kind of the way we should go, especially when, um, when trying to focus on, uh, getting this passive income and potentially, you know, moving towards financial freedom, you know, and I think both you and I, we're kind of in the same boat. We're going to be working forever. I mean, it's just, 
it's just kind of who we are. So whether that's a full-time job or whether it's a full-time investing or a full-time in real estate, whatever, I mean, we're going to be working no matter what. So we're always going to be investing. We're always going to be working. So the idea of financial freedom is, is always there, but really we're going to be doing stuff all the time. So, um, so that's basically how I, how I came up with it. Is, is something similar to you when you came up with financial freedom? Is it pretty similar? Yeah. I mean, you know, the point is to get, you talk about like working. Yeah. I resigned the fact that I'm probably going to be busy the rest of my life. I just don't want to be busy working, you know, and I don't want to have to go through what I don't want to have to go to work. I don't want to have to rely on, you know, enjoying the job that I have. Like I want to get to a point where the money that comes in takes care of me. And, you know, like you said, we're, we're going to be busy. Uh, and, and I do see it as work, but I don't see it as a job. Um, I enjoy being busy, uh, you know, and so whether I'm here or whether I'm possibly on a beach doing something like I'm going to be doing something, but it's just going to be, it's going to be on my time. That's what the freedom is, is doing it on my own time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, that's a great point. And you know, whether you're, whether you're trying to get rid of your full-time job or not, you know, you wanting to be able to do whatever you want to do. I think it's important to understand where you are, you know, in that, in that realm. Cause like you, you want to be able to, like you're talking about, you want to be able to do what you want to do, right? You don't want to be um, dependent on, you know, Oh, I got to do this or whatever. And then, you know, a lot of other people are like, well, the thing is, is you get locked into this, this job, right? You get your full-time job, right? Well, you kind of have to be there to make income, right? I mean, you're not, yeah. you're not going to be able to not be there and not get the income. So being able to build that passive income to supplement whatever you're already making is a beautiful thing. And to be real, having a full-time job, nothing's guaranteed, right? I mean, you could lose your, you lose your job at any moment. Well, something totally you, out of control. So, well, I mean, what if you got hurt? What if you got hurt uh, and you actually couldn't go to work regardless of the market trends or what sector you actually work in? Regardless, like, you know, I could walk down the street, slip and fall and hurt myself. And now I actually can't go to work. Well, now I'm in a bind. And so, and reaching that metric of the, your monthly cash flow covering your day-to-day needs, there's the, um, the, uh, the, whatever anxiety you might have about working or the need for a job disappears in that moment. I'm fine. And if I fell and broke my back today, I would probably be okay because I have just enough coming in that it's going to take care of me. And, and that's what, that's what I need. And that's one less thing I have to worry about. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So let's fast forward a little bit, right? So we're talking about financial freedom and, uh, and achieving financial freedom through, uh, apartment syndications, right. Or investing in real estate syndications. So, you know, like we're talking about, we invested in uh, some single family rentals and, uh, you know, reading rich dad, poor dad, all that stuff kind of, sparked us. And then after acquiring a more, a few more single family rentals, um, you know, like I do every day, like we do every day, uh, we're always trying to grow and educate ourselves. I'm sitting there listening to a podcast. And what do I know? They start talking about syndication. Didn't know anything about it. Well, here we are. And then, it, you know, didn't take long, listen to a few episodes, pull up a couple articles on, uh, um, on real estate investing and syndications. And basically at that point I start swan diving into this type of education and this mm-hmm. information, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going through stuff left and right podcasts, you know, if I can find anything on YouTube, um, 
anything on bigger pockets, I'm going through it all because maybe I'm missing something. You know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm reading the same stuff over and over pretty much, but maybe I missed some because it's, is it, is it too good to be true? I don't know. Because, you know, when we talk about uh, investing in uh, apartment syndications, real estate syndications, um, you know, you realize that the returns are, are, can be really great, right? I mean, the return, the, you know, your ROI, your cash on cash, you get tax benefits and also, you know, you get a diversification in your portfolio. So, you know, I started looking the math for these potential returns and, you know, just in general, the returns on these, and I had to sit down for a second and kind of rethink what I was doing, you know? And I think you had probably some similar to that. Did you not, Chris? Yeah. For, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize uh, the things that I hadn't even considered as far as, you know, going back to the single family stuff, like I, I didn't realize at the time that there was something better and, you know, getting into this, yeah, there's always some kind of risk involved, but when you realize that the way these are structured, they are much more resilient than, than most any other investment. Um, right. I mean, especially with the single family investing or the single family homes, you know, it, whether you have one, two or a few single family homes, like you have to deal with the possibility of, of, uh, of occupancy and if some if somebody's out, well then there goes your cash flow for that property. Well then, you know, we deal with that. You know, I was hoping we could get this uh get that property rented in under three months. It turns out it takes a little bit longer than that sometimes. But that for that entire time, we have zero cash flow. But now right. dealing in larger scale, you know, apartments, that is something that you I mean, you still have to consider it, it's huge, but your the the investment is always generating some cash flow. It might be a little bit lower at times when the occupancy goes down, but it, in, in that respect, it's just much more resilient. And I mean, it it works better for what I need. Right, absolutely. And you know that's that's key to uh, your you know if you're trying to achieve financial freedom, you want to be able to. I mean, you can't always rely on your investment money getting the return, right? There's always risk. There's always this, yeah. this risk profile, but you want to, you want to be able to uh, have a good idea and, you know, expect to have these returns come. Cause if you're trying to achieve financial freedom, this is important, right? Cause you want to have, I mean, you're still going to have to continually make moves, but to be able to expect these things to occur, you know, you see these, these, these returns coming, well, achieving financial freedom, that's going to be important for that. Right. So, so you brought up a good point um, about diversification and stuff like that. I want to talk a little bit more about why investing uh, for passive income for mailbox money in real estate syndications is, is kind of, um, is something that people should be looking at. And so if you could hit on a few bullet points of that or just something you had in mind, that'd be fantastic. Well, I mean, if you're talking about like why to invest in real estate for passive income, like for me, I found that, uh, it's freed up a lot of my time. Um, and so that goes back to, you know, just kind of being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, and it's freed up uh, just giving me the freedom, giving me the time, uh, immediately the stability was there. You know, it's just as stable, just as stable as my W2 job because I have, I have uh, checks coming in regularly that, you know, it's just, it, it's one less thing that I have to worry about. Um, let's, I want before, before you move on to the next, I know you got a, a few more bullet points. I want to talk about, um, 
uh, a little bit more about that, about stability, you know? So you've invested in a number of things and you've seen the stability of, uh, you know, things come and go, stock market, single family homes, you know, like you said earlier, vacancy, stuff like that. When it comes to these um, apartment syndications and these large multifamily properties, are you seeing uh, the stability in that investment? Is it, is it about the same as everything else? You see it better, worse? What's, what's your opinion on that? I, I would say at minimum, it's at least as good as everything else. Um, and for the most part, I think it is better just because uh, there is a certain stability within that investment by itself. Uh, like I said, it, it's just much more resilient to to the economic turns and uh, and dealing with the actual occupancy. You know, it's right. it's easy for these. Uh, I won't say it's easy, but it's much more manageable for these um, for these complexes to stay at eighty uh, percent occupancy or even better. And I mean, you know, if I got a if I got a five a five family. Uh, uh, I guess a multifamily, a five unit multifamily deal and I got 80% occupancy. I mean, that's still pretty good. But then when you lower that down, you know, to a single family or duplex, that's not, that's not going to get you where you want to go. Right. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, talking about um, stability. So I know you got a couple more things to hit on. Go ahead and um, let's move on to those. Well, um, well, I mean, that, I guess that's, that's the most uh, of what I have just as far as, uh, you know, turn, giving you more freedom uh, and thereby just kind of giving you the time. Um, okay. Okay. Perfect. No problem. So when it comes, so, you know, freedom, time, and this is talking about passive investing for, um, for, um, it, you know, in apartment syndications. So let's talk a little bit more of what you should do in, in, in choosing your investments for uh, financial freedom. So, you know, we can talk about, um, you know, choosing your market, uh, you know, or the type of investment you want really, because you want these risk profiles to be mitigated as much as possible, right? You want something with least risk. And I know we kind of discuss risk a little bit more, but, uh, and, you know, we've talked about on other shows, the type of investment you want, but really let's kind of talk about your personality, choosing your personality, who you know, or knowing what type of investor you are. Because if you're going to be investing for, of income, do you want to be investing maybe something with a higher risk profile or something with a low risk profile? Uh, so decide your type of investment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, well, first you gotta you gotta identify your goal. Uh, you know, <clears throat> are you looking for just supplementary income, or are you looking for kind of a hands off approach? Uh, you know, um, so I mean, it, in doing that, you know, you have to figure out like, are you trying to live just passively? Or do you want, uh, you know, like I said, do you want, do you need that to just supplement your income? Uh, you have to decide on how involved are you planning on, are you planning on being, you know, are we doing it hands off? Are you going completely, uh, completely passive or are you going to be involved? Well, again, like how much energy do you have? How much time do you have to put into this to be, cause you're going to be the driver. If you're not going doing this hands off, you're going to be the one actively doing it. And so now in, in going hands off, now you have to figure out, uh, you know, who are you going to go with and what style of investing they do? Are they conservative? Are they aggressive? Uh, and how does that fit what you want? Do you, I mean, are you risk averse or, you know, or do you want to, uh, do you want to stay away from it? I guess, uh, I'm not, I'm pretty risk averse. I, I don't really care. Uh, do I use that the right way? Uh, I, I'm a little, I'm kind of risky. 
I'm not risk averse to say that. Um, so I don't mind if somebody wants to take a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Uh, if it's going to turn out to be a little bit higher of a return, uh, I just, I like taking some kind of risks. Uh, you know, I'm going to get potentially get higher returns, you know, at the end, right. but right. But they're calculated risks, right? I mean, you've, yeah, the, you've done your due diligence. These aren't just risks you're just taking like, Oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna worry about that or do that due diligence. These are calculated risks you're taking, even though they might be say technically more risky than something that maybe like a turnkey property when in reality there's risks there too. Right. No, you're, you're right. But the thing is you do all your due diligence and your, your education up front. And like you said, it's a calculated risk. It's still a risk, but I'm looking before I leap. So I'm going to pay attention to what's actually going on, but I don't, I don't mind being a little bit more risky if it means I'm going to end up getting paid a little bit better at the end. You know, as long as I've done my homework, then I'll be able to sleep at night because you're going to, you're going to set the tolerances, you know, um, whether like, you know, cause you're going to get, end up getting, you know, your quarterly monthly or quarterly reports, pay attention to those. And as long as something is performing within your desired tolerance, uh, you know, cash flow could come in a little low this month or, or this quarter. So just pay attention to that. And if it came in too low, well, then now it's time to kind of delve into what exactly was happening. And, uh, but otherwise, you know, if you're working on a, you know, plus or minus a few percent, well, it's still within my expected goal. So I'm, you know, I'm going to kind of just kind of hang back and let these guys continue doing, uh, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, but then I guess they, you have to choose like your investment type, right? And we already know that single family homes are, they're the least risky, but you know, they kind of offer lower monthly returns compared to other investment types. Um, but you can also stand uh, to gain a great deal of uh, potential appreciation, you know, um, apartments and multifamily homes, they can be pretty lucrative, uh, but we have to deal with uh, vacancy and evictions a lot more often. So, I mean, it's just the name of the game, I guess. And right. Um, but, but, if, but like you're saying though, if you have a, if you have a large multifamily property, say, you know, a handful of units go vacant, well, you still have cash flow coming in to cover all your expenses where well, you should. Whereas with, you have a single family home, if you know, like you talked about earlier, if that goes vacant, well, your cash flow is gone, yeah. uh, you know, until you get that filled again. So you're going to have to cover that, that, debt service and the taxes and the insurance. And if there's any utilities, you know, you're gonna have to cover all these things. But if you have a, a large multifamily property, you got a handful of units that go vacant. You're not going to run into that issue. At least you shouldn't. Right. So, right. Um, okay. I think those are great points. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you've been you know, diving into uh, real estate syndication or just, you know, large multifamily in general. And I'm sure you've heard on a lot of podcasts, uh, people talk about, well, you know, it's tough to find deals right now. Um, prices are high cap rate compression, you know, cap rates are low. Um, do you think, so I'm going to give you my opinion and then I want to hear what you have to say. So basically my opinion is, and what I've, I've heard a lot of people say, or, you know, after hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, markets high, it's hard to find deals, cap rates are, cap rates are compressed. Uh, really. Um, and you know, after speaking with some syndicators, there's still deals out there, right? You just got to know, you got to know what to look for as a passive investor. You need to obviously trust, you know, get in line with a syndicator who's doing the right things. And, mm -hmm. You know, you trust their due diligence. All that. But in the same, same breath, you as a passive investor, 
you know, you need to be doing the same due diligence, right? So if you can go in and you can look at a property and you like the mark, you like the syndicator, you like the market and you can go in and look at the deal. There's always opportunity there. If the numbers work, the numbers work, right? So uh, obviously things come up and, you know, stuff changes and there could be things that go wrong, but that's, that's the name of the game, right? You need to be able to have trust a syndicator who can vet these things and who has experience in dealing with these things for when things come up, because things will arise. You're mm-hmm. going to have problems. But uh, I think that, I think that there's still opportunity in the market and to, to say, you know, you're just not going to invest in this, in this, this uh, class of real estate. Um, I think it, it shouldn't be overlooked. You know, you shouldn't just not invest in uh, apartment syndications because prices are, are high or there's still deals out there in my opinion. What, what do you think about that? When you hear people talk about, you know, prices are high and it's tough to find deals right now, does that kind of steer you away from uh, investing in apartment syndications? Cause you know, we're both trying to, you know, we're both working towards uh, increasing uh, our cash flow always. Right. So do you think this is something that really still aligns with what you're trying to achieve? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> people often talk about where we, we may or may not be in the cycle. And that doesn't really scare me. Um, there's, there are always deals, like you said. They're, they are getting harder to find, but that doesn't mean that they're not out there. But then again, you know, you got to invest across asset classes. So maybe one, I mean, you can't always put your eggs in one basket. So you got to diversify. You got to go, you know, go outside, look at the next, look at the next thing. I mean, you can, you can look in your own backyard. There might not be many deals going on where you live, but just start to, to expand outwards. You'll, you'll be, you'll be able to find some, or you should be able to find something, you know, but passive investing is, it allows you to invest somewhere else. And so just, and that's why I go back to like, just communicate with the syndicators and see where they're participating and see why they're participating where they are. And, and that'll open up much more opportunities uh, for possible deals to come through. You know, when you look outside your city or, you know, look outside your state, look somewhere else. And like you said, deals are always happening. They are harder to find, but that doesn't mean they're not there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more uh, with your statement there. Absolutely. So, um, you know, kind of to wrap this up uh, from, you know, what we've been talking about today, I think we both can agree that, you know, you need to diversify your portfolio. Um, You know, whether it's mostly real estate, well, it's still okay to diversify your portfolio that way uh, within different types of real estate investing. Um, But I I think we're we're both in agreement that investing in apartment syndications is a great way to achieve financial freedom, you know, passively, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get that, that mailbox money in order to achieve financial freedom. Uh, it takes a little bit of due diligence in front on your part. Like we've talked about in other episodes of vetting, you know, operators, markets, the deals, stuff like that. It takes a little bit of education, but, um, but really, uh, I think we can both agree that, uh, investing in these syndications is a great way to achieve financial freedom. Um, and it's really not, not that difficult. If, like I said, if you do your due diligence up front, um, do you have anything else you want to add, uh, to that before we uh, get out of here? No, like you're saying, you know, you, you know, it's not that it's, it's not that it's easy or that it's difficult, but there are only a finite amount of things that you have to be aware of. And so once you're actually good and you've educated yourself and you continue to consume information, you know, when you find something, you'll be quicker to understand whether or not it's a good deal for you and whether it fits what you want. So, I mean, 
yeah, it's just keep looking, keep looking and keep speaking to others. I mean, deals will, deals will come. There'll always be one. If you can get one good one under your belt, more will be floated past you uh, pretty quick. So Absolutely. keep trying. Good to Perfect. Perfect. All right. Before we get out of here, got one question for you, Chris. Tell us about a book you've read recently that has provided value to you and in your investing in your business or whatever you're trying to achieve right now. Uh, well, I guess one of the most uh, recent books that I've actually been able to consume, it's uh, Raising Capital for Real Estate. It's actually by Hunter Thompson. Uh, you know, it kind of talks about uh, establishing a credibility and um, how to attract investors and kind of help get deals funded. And like my main, the main takeaway that you really can't overstate is this is a contact sport. This is a team sport. You have to talk to others and, you know, you don't know what the next guy doesn't know and you don't know how you might be able to help him or how he might be able to help you out. Um, just get out there, talk to others, continue just to consume as much as you can. Um, I mean, you can, you can read all the books out there, but you got to get out there and actually start doing the things, uh, doing the tasks. You got to take massive action. If you're going to get any kind of real, real results. Um, Absolutely. it's a contact Absolutely. sport, man. Talk to everyone you can. I, I totally agree. And that is a fantastic book. There's a lot of great information in there. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's geared towards active investors, but there's a lot of great stuff in there for passive investors as well. And I would highly recommend it to anybody looking to be a part or get into real, real estate syndications in general. It's a, it's a fantastic book. So I think, you know, I, I just want to add, you know, as far as like the active versus passive, uh, you know, I feel like you, you really should understand what it takes. Uh, you don't, you don't have to study active investing, you know, in order to be a good successful passive investor. But if you know what's going on behind the scenes, it will, it'll, it'll set your mind at ease in the evening. You know, when you're worried about whatever's going on, if you know what kind of things it takes to get stuff done, to get these deals to the finish line. And if you can understand that the people who you've aligned yourself with, can do these things, it's going to make your life so much easier. So just consume, consume like you're going to be an active investor, but you're actively going to be passively investing. So read as much as you can talk to everyone. I love that, man. That's a, that could not have been said any better. And I fully 100% agree with that. Uh, you should pursue this like you're being an active investor, even if you're not, but, uh, man, that's a great point, Chris. And, uh, you know, we got to end on that one because it's not going to get any better. That's uh, that's great advice. So I appreciate you taking the time again uh, on this episode and, uh, rap about some things. Uh, it's been good talking to you, but, uh, we'll see you on the next episode, man. D have a good evening and uh, we'll talk to you guys, uh, next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.